This is Neon Radio, episode 188, with Aaron Dowdy. Welcome to Neon Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, fashion and lifestyle photographer for today's top brands, performers, and game changers. On this podcast, we explore the body, mind, and soul of the creative entrepreneur, bringing you inspiring guests to help take your creativity, business, and life to the next level. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Nick Onkin back here for another episode of Neon Radio. And uh, yeah, I just got back from the West Coast. I was doing some fun things out there with fishing over at Mind Valley, and then um, went to Joshua Tree to do a uh, photo shoot with my friend Lynette and talk about some business stuff and then off to Park City to uh, my friend Harry Adelson's uh, documentary stem on stem cell treatment and uh, we'll link that up in the show notes if you want to check that out um, but Dave Asprey was there and Mark Hyman and uh, some really great people, uh, some really great biohacker people, Luke Story, uh, all around good time. I decided to make a road trip out of it from LA and uh, drove through Vegas and then um, went hiking in Zion, which was absolutely incredible. I did Angel's Landing, if any of you have ever done that before. If not, I recommend it. Zion is an epically beautiful national park that's very, very interesting uh, terrain. So on the way back, I stopped in Vegas uh, to interview or to hang out and interview today's guest, Aaron Dowdy. He is a big YouTuber and his vision and mission is to help people expand their consciousness. And what does that even mean? We get into that in the episode, but uh, becoming more aware of the deeper world around us, aware of our traumas, aware of who we are in this 3D world. Uh, which is great, uh, great insights. If you haven't seen his uh, videos, check him out. He does what well, he's been doing one video a day for the last few years. Um, pretty incredible if you ask me. Uh, but he channels a lot of his, all of his content and we actually get into what that actually means and how you can channel your creativity from, from, uh, the higher power that exists, you know, getting into a flow state and your creativity. So oddly enough, uh, Aaron's content has really helped me through my own spiritual journey. Um, I was introduced by to his videos through my friend Pate Lau, who uh, a couple of years ago and of all synchronicity has it, I ended up at his house interviewing him the other day. Um, and we connected through our mutual friend, uh, Drew Canoli. So, uh, good surrounding of people and, uh, the world is synchronous when you surrender to it, when you allow it to be. And, um, when you ask to create magic with the universe. So with that, let's jump in to today's interview with Aaron Dowdy. All right. What is up, everyone? We have Aaron Dowdy on the show today. What's up, Aaron? What's going on, Nick? How you doing? 
I'm good. I'm good. We're at your amazing space in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. So Aaron is a, a YouTuber, right? Is that I am a YouTuber. You describe yourself or <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, so no, I mean, this is what I love about Aaron's content is he talks about everything spiritual and meditation and the quantums and all these different things. And I've, I actually found out about your work through a good friend of mine who mm -hmm. we dated, uh, my friend and I dated, not you and I dated. I'm yeah. Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, uh, I, I found out about your stuff about a year and a half ago and I've kind nice. of followed here and there. Uh, you know how it is consuming content. Yeah. Um, you go through like a little cycle, like you'll like seasons, <laughs> seasons, it's like seasons, like, okay, I'm going to check out this person for a little bit and then you go on to the next. So then you, you like, you get the idea that they represent. Yeah. And then you go on to something else and then you might come back eventually, <laughs> but it so, goes through seasons. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But I love what you do, and I love the depth of Thank what you, you bring to the world. And and it's a it's a thing that I think it's it's content that needs to be delivered. It's it's depth. It's it's spiritual and it's conscious. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. So I mean, how did you get started? Like you went through a big spiritual awakening. Yeah. Um, and then kind of ended up moving into the space. How did you do that? So I initially went through a spiritual awakening back in the year like 2012, and at that time, I was in a way, uh, you know, like I think a lot of times when people go through a spiritual awakening, something happens where there's a lot of pressure that's created. And sometimes that pressure is stuff from the past or sometimes it's um, some type of internal pressure and that eventually leads to a growth or a looking for something more. And for me, what happened was in 2012, I was uh, working at the time at Nordstrom's in Women's Shoes. It was a sales job. And I was uh, having, I, I had what people call ADHD. So I was taking Adderall, which is the prescription drug that they give for that. And that would help me focus while I was at work. And I'd be able to make money and sell because it was, you know, commission. And then at the end of the day, I'd come home and it, the side effects of that, you weren't able to eat very much and you weren't able to sleep very much. So I eventually found that a great way to combat that or to deal with that was I would do, I would do Adderall during the day and I would smoke weed at night. And that was a really good balance for me at the time. <laughs> it's like wondering, you know, I was like this is this is getting the job done. But yeah. eventually, what happened is um, the side effects of the Adderall of not eating and sleeping. I just realized it was taking a toll on me, and uh, I eventually also I felt a lot of I think pressure because of my upbringing. And it, between the ages of seven to just to give it a little bit of context, between the ages of seven to fifteen years old, I had an ex stepmom in my life that was uh, emotionally and physically abusive and mentally abusive. She's someone I guess you would probably call like a sociopath or like a narcissistic type personality. My brother and I kind of just to give it context to my brother and I, we lived on like one side of the house that was. Um, it was called the mother-in-law's quarters, you know, and it had like a gate. And my brother and I were sleeping over there. We didn't have as much food, so we we're both very skinny. And we were normally locked outside doing yard work all day. We we're always in trouble for something. If I wanted to go to like a band camp tournament or like a band camp type thing, or if I want to go to debate tournament, I would have to pretend like I didn't want to go in order to be able to go. Because if she thought, my ex-stepmom thought I wanted to go, I did get in trouble for something that I magically did. That was something so small, like you forgot to do this or something, you know, and uh, we weren't allowed to have friends. We weren't allowed to watch TV. It was very, it was pretty, you know, it was, you know, there's people that have been through way worse things than what my brother and I went through. But that 15 years old came around. My dad divorced my ex-stepmom 
And um, he kind of woke up in a way. I think he was just letting it kind of kind of knew of it, but he was a firefighter. He was gone 24 hours a day, back 24 hours a day, and he kind of like let it go on in the background. But um, from that, 15 years old came around. I was then able to, you know, have friends. I could date. I could watch television. I could eat the food I wanted, you know. My brother and I started gaining weight and looking healthier. And um, it was like a whole new world, you know. It was like, uh, <laughs> I always imagine like the whole new world song from uh, Aladdin, but it really felt like that. It was like, whoa. I was able to have friends and go to parties. Like it was just, it was such a uh, very expanding time of my life. But years later, when I was, you know, working that job, it was in my early 20s, selling women's shoes, I, I felt a lot of resistance and unworthiness. And I noticed that there were a lot of patterns in my life that kept playing themselves out. So I kind of felt like I was in this, in this box. Like my, um, even though my ex-stepmom was out of my life, I realized that the controlling factor of like that she was like a woman in my life that was controlling, right after her, I, you know, I never had to talk to her again, really. And after that, one of my first girlfriends was always trying to control me. She was always like very jealous and didn't want me to, you know, I was always too loud. You know, after I came out of my bubble from being kind of, you know, in that kind of like wasn't able to express myself, I started having friends and stuff and expressing myself. She didn't like that. And ironically enough, I ended up uh, breaking up with her. And within a week of breaking up with her, I got transferred to a different department in women's shoes where this, the manager was the same personality as my ex-stepmom. So I realized there was this pattern in my life of always having someone in my life that was controlling me. And there was also this big pattern where I felt completely unworthy. Like I just, I felt like I didn't deserve, like maybe one of the reasons I always had someone controlling me is because I didn't think I was worthy and I, I didn't have a, a great sense of self-esteem or confidence. And that pressure led me to learning along with the Adderall. It was kind of like, that's why it's like two or three different things that kind of led to that accumulation. And then I did that research and found like black and white research that said, meditation decreases cortisol, increases dopamine, like it does all this amazing things with no side effects, no negative side effects. So I started to do that. I started to meditate. And I remember the first or second day, nothing crazy really happened. I was trying to control my mind. I actually felt a lot of resistance. But about the third or fourth day in, something clicked for me. And um, I just sat down one day to do this meditation. I just had this feeling, this knowing that this was going to change my life forever. Just whatever it was. And I learned how to then observe my thoughts, not try to control them, just observe them from a neutral place. And what ended up happening is um, I started to feel completely different. I started to become aware of things I was totally unaware of before. I was aware that I had ADHD, but I realized that that was... The, the solution to that I thought was taking the Adderall. I be, somebody told me I had ADHD in the past. I said, okay, this is who I am. Now, now I'm able to express myself and this is how people see me. I need to take Adderall. I bought into that belief system in a way and therefore that was my reality. But instead, I then learned how to look at these beliefs and to reframe them. So then what happened is I realized that I could learn meditation and ground myself in grass. That was one thing that I did to balance out my energy. And I still have a lot of energy. Anybody that knows me knows I have a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you could probably tell that from talking. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> but yeah, and and then and then that completely I, mean, I never took after a week of of learning meditation, I never took Adderall again, completely got rid of smoking, didn't don't drink alcohol. I don't drink caffeine. Not because I'm better than anyone. I just it was like I started to tap more into the awareness of these beliefs that I had that were unconsciously ruling my life. And within, here's the crazy thing, within a week or two of learning meditation, never had to take Adderall again, that manager that was very, so like the manager that I had at Nordstrom's, 
she couldn't physically abuse us or anything, but mentally she would like make people cry how mean she was. And she, her personality was so similar to my ex-stepmom. She was protected by upper management. Now, for years, people tried getting her fired, but nobody could, even though the things they were saying were true. They go to HR like, she did this, she said this, and like nothing would happen. Within two weeks of learning meditation, she gets fired. And everything in my life started to change. I never since then have had someone in my life to reflect back that like controller mentality ever since then. So it's like as I started to meditate and observe these beliefs about myself and do the inner work, everything on the outside began to change. And from that point going forward, I became just completely focused on learning how does reality work? How come when you change the inner reality, the outer reality changes as a reflection? So I then started reading thousands of books listening to seminars, listening to audios. I became completely fascinated with it. And that led to, you know, learning all this information, wondering why doesn't why isn't everyone into this? Like if you know how reality works, or you at least like start to learn, you could start to push it in a new direction if you start figuring it out a little bit more. And um that's what led me to becoming just so wanting to learn it all. And then that eventually led to years later me just deciding to be on YouTube and making videos. And I made videos every single day on YouTube for three years in a row. And that's a lot led me to the success that I have today where I'm able to, you know, live the lifestyle that I have and stuff. And now I'm getting ready to, you know, do live events and stuff. But that's kind of what got me to where I am. I'm just completely fascinated and passionate about learning how reality works, seeing how we change. I believe our our identity creates our life. Like the way we see ourselves, the beliefs, our core beliefs about who we are, is literally shaping our outer reality. And if you change those, you change your life. So the thing, the reason I share my story in detail as I did is because I think that when people see like you can go through the pain and you can change the meaning of things. And that's really what happened. I changed the meaning. I realized that the pain of my ex-stepmom led me to a spiritual awakening. And that spiritual awakening where I became aware that we're eternal spiritual beings living temporary human experiences, that changed the way that I saw myself and that changed the way I related to different events in my life. And that meaning that once that changed, I was unable to also forgive my ex-stepmom because I saw she was doing the best she could with where she was. She was treated a certain way growing up and she was acting out kind of as a big bully, those energies onto me and my brother, but that's just what she learned. So it was I was able to really forgive. And from that point going forward, my life just changed in very powerful ways. And I become so passionate about helping other people break out of the prison of their own belief systems. Because I believe that we all have belief systems that limit us. And if we break outside of them, we can become free and we get out of being stuck and we just feel passionate. And I think we can really live life on our terms if we become aware of the terms that we originally agreed to. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, I love that. How, I know I kind of went on a tangent no, there. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great. I mean, let's jump back a little bit. I mean, just, yeah. how would you describe, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but how would you describe a spiritual awakening to somebody who would have no idea what that even means? The way that I see it, it's almost a shift in identity. So we think that we are these ego structures walking around. We are experiencing reality through the five senses, what we taste, touch, smell, hear. And that's what we think we are growing up. That's what we're taught by society. That's what we're taught in general. And the when you go through what is called a spiritual awakening, you become aware that there's more than just those five sensory perceptions. You start to, in a way, get a glimpse for something deeper than the reactive mind. When you learn to observe the thoughts, you then see that you're not the thoughts. You start to separate yourself from the thoughts that you're thinking. 
So priorly, I thought I was someone with ADHD. I was someone that's unworthy because of my past. But then I was able to see them as simply thoughts that I agreed to. So there, there becomes this space in between what we're thinking and what we're experiencing. And that space then allows for more awareness to come in. And that awareness, it's something that deep, I mean, every religion kind of points to this, that energy cannot be created nor destroyed. And almost every religion talks about at some level, this eternal beingness that that exists. And I came to it kind of just through meditation. You know, I think everybody has that capability. I'm not special, you know, but that was, um, it wasn't through any one religion or anything like that. It was mainly just going within and starting to experience these things for myself. And it was just, it's an inner knowing that's very hard to explain because the people that maybe have very logical scientific minds may hear that and yeah, but where's the proof? Where's the proof? But it's like, you can't, it's, it's something that when you, when you, when you experience it for yourself, it's just something, you know, it's something, it's so hard to explain. It's something, you know, yeah, but it's not necessarily something you can like, I mean, I don't, there, is there a way we prove that? I mean, maybe in the future, but as I started learning more and more about, you know, the things that really cause transformation in people, it's shifting our identity really changes our lives. And spiritual awakening is the biggest shift in identity because you go from thinking you're this little ego that's separate from everyone else. That's what the ego is, the ego separation. And the more we emphasize our ego is the more we emphasize the walls between us. So, when you go through a spiritual awakening, you realize that you are connected to your environment. You are connected to everyone else and there is no separation. And you start to feel connected to everyone else. And then someone says, well, prove that we're connected. And you feel it. It's hard to explain to someone. It's like, well, we're all connected. It's, it's very hard to explain. But the thing that comes from it is you start to feel more integrated with life. You start to feel like things happen more in flow. You feel like you're not resisting as much and you're not trying to control everything because the ego really wants to take control of everything. And um, yeah, so spiritual awakening is just kind of... Yeah, know. absolutely. I know I, it's... it's Well, it's interesting that you say it because there's like the, the construct, right? When In religion, I feel like there's a construct mm-hmm. of whatever the, the, the faith is, right? Right. But this is like, you know, spiritual awakening is kind of more you're breaking that whole construct of, of what is. Yeah. Or what people, not what is, but what, the, what people tell you is the truth. Or, yeah, and you start to come at it from your own interpretation of it. Like, I think there's people that go through spiritual awakenings that maybe they're Christian before and even afterwards they're still Christian, but they relate to it at a much deeper level in a much different way. It's almost like you can read the same book a hundred times and get a different interpretation every time because every time you read it, you're a different version of you. Right. With a different set of reference points and a different set of a little bit different beliefs or belief system about it or how you relate to it. And I think that um, in general, though, you start to question, a lot of a spiritual awakening is questioning reality. You see a lot of people... They may go through a phase where they're into conspiracy theories, you know, and they're kind of breaking down like maybe things aren't the way that I thought it always was, you know, and there's like a phase of that. But I think that it's one of the phases that happens in a spiritual awakening is breaking down the belief systems that you normally just took for granted and said, this is the way reality is. This is the way God is. This is the way really. And then you start to say, well, what do I think about this? Or just you start to observe that you just agreed to it, kind of. And then you start to question it and come up with your own way of relating to it. And maybe it's similar. You you end up relating to it in a similar way, but normally it'll, I think it'll be a deeper way that has much more meaning and a uh, set of presence, a sense of presence than before. 
Yeah, there's a depth. There's a different connection. I mean, I grew up in religion, so I can mm-hmm. speak to that in terms of, you know, it's a religion is a construct of of you're told what and how to think. Yeah. And then, but at the, you know, I don't know if you read Sapiens. No, I book, haven't. I, I know that I've heard of it. He ta- right? Yeah, he talks about basically how everything was created from the beginning of time, from like mm-hmm. Neanderthal days to, you know, to caveman to like Homo sapiens. And then he gets to the space where religion was created. And yeah. basically it was, you know, you have, everybody's trying to explain the same thing. Like the connection right. between us is in this human experience and what's beyond. Yeah beyond this world essentially so yeah. it is an interesting kind of paradigm how did you feel your life so you went when you went through your spiritual awakening how did that change your perception of the way you were raised and maybe what you were taught growing up to then before and after yeah i mean for me it was i look at well, the way i grew up and feel like it was a it was a box right it was mm-hmm. a set of beliefs and a whole construct that created a way of operation mm-hmm. that I didn't feel was authentic. And I never really did feel like it was authentic, but growing up, but I just was socially cultured to believe a certain thing. Right. And now I look at it after I've gone through this, it's almost like you're going through this like portal of like yeah. <laughs> a rebirth <laughs> and you see the world in every way. You see yourself as like, yeah. Oh wait, this isn't, you know, I have like hands and I'm like experiencing <laughs> this. <laughs> I have all these yeah. like weird moments where I'm just like, look down wow. and I'm like, Oh, I have yeah. hands and I have feet. And this is like so <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. But in the sense of, you know, it's, I'm experiencing now in a completely different way than I was when I was in this construct of going right. to church, doing this, you know, you yeah. worship the the thing, you know, the the altar and and, right. and God and all this stuff, but in a very preset context. Yes. And, you know, you're on the, the crux of heaven and hell and right. you only go to heaven if you believe a certain thing. Right. right. But why is there, who says there's a heaven or a hell? Right. And what's the definition of that? Now I'm like stepping past that. Yeah. So that's a different construct. Yes. I could see. So it kind of tore down your old construct. Completely tore down the old construct. Yeah. But yet I still see things within that and within all religions that are ring true. And like there's Mm -hmm. aspects of the spiritual side of things that I believe now Mm -hmm. that still resonate with. Absolutely. You know, there's the, yeah. the teachings are they're still ever there. They they still cause and effect. Right. That makes yeah, sense. I think I think a lot of all different religions are interpretations of the same energy. Exactly. But they're just different interpretations. And then what happens is people end up arguing for certain interpretations and then fighting with other people if they don't agree with their interpretation. Yeah. And the way that I look at it is we're all one consciousness. There's different interpretations of it, but we actually have much more in common than we think. And I think that going through spiritual awakening kind of makes you just a little bit more aware also of how other people, not always, but kind of makes you more a little bit more mindful of maybe how some other people think. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're detached from the ego of uh, the ego construct. Of defending any yeah. one belief of like, oh, this is the way it... Sometimes though, I think that could be somewhat of a trap because then sometimes people go through a spiritual awakening and there's this spiritual ego that kind oh, of yeah. comes in. <laughs> I went through that when I went through my awakening. I oh, was really? like, I did. I, I went through it to where I went through the spiritual awakening back in 2012 and I... I so much about me changed. I immediately went vegan. <laughs> so I lost all this weight. I um, was telling friends and family about it. And a lot of them just thought I was like 
like they did not understand why I changed so much. They thought I did some type of psychedelic drug. They thought that I did something and like they just could not understand. I literally went from like partying a lot, smoking a lot of weed. Now there's any, there's nothing wrong with weed, but I was just I was smoking a lot. I was partying a lot. I was drinking a lot. And then all of a sudden, Aaron's meditating <laughs> and he stopped doing all that other stuff. What the hell is going on with Aaron? So then what happened is um, I was trying to explain it to my dad. My dad didn't understand at first, especially my mom was more open to it. But friends and stuff didn't understand what I was going through. And I was trying to explain it to them. And I realized now looking back, I was just probably explaining it way too passionately when people maybe weren't ready for it. And what happened was then they didn't get or understand me. And then I felt very alone for a period of time. So I kind of went, I was just hanging out by myself a lot and wasn't going around hanging out with friends. And because I felt alone, I think that I started to rationalize like they're still asleep. They don't understand, you know, like they're, they're just like, I started rationalizing my sense of loneliness Yeah, and, and then I started making judgments about other people. And what happens is then sometimes that spiritual ego. So one ego goes out the back door, the Adderall, um, Aaron that was smoking and drinking a lot went out the back door because I didn't do those things anymore. But in comes this meditator that does mantras and is vegan and does all these like things and is like, you know, studying this kind of stuff. And anyone that didn't understand that, I then started to develop judgments about and just I'd rationalize it with, well, they just don't get it. They're not there. And that's when it, it becomes a dangerous thing because then what happens is you, you then can't connect to really anybody. So I went through months where I just kind of felt alone and I felt like I couldn't be, and I didn't realize it. I eventually came to this awareness that I believe that people don't get me and that's causing me to then not deeply connect with other people. And I kept telling myself this story of, oh, my dad doesn't get it. Their family members, like people don't understand me. And then I became aware of that. Just like I became aware of the story and the beliefs I had around the Adderall and the other stuff. Yeah. I became aware of it again about this kind of stuff. And then what I did is I, I said, okay, I got to drop. I would say, oh, you know, I don't have any like high vibe friends that understand exactly what I'm dealing with, you know, and high vibe then also assumes some ego hierarchy system, you know. But then what I did is I uh, I became aware of that and, and then I, I dropped that. And within, once again, within like maybe a month or two of dropping that belief and that, that realization, I started to connect with people more at a human level rather than needing them to understand what I was going through or get them to meditate, I stopped trying to sell it to people. Mm. And um, like, it's like almost like if I was so lonely that if I could get some more people to meditate and understand, then maybe I would feel less lonely, you know? But eventually what I did is I actually accepted them wherever they were. Like maybe they're not going to open up to this right now. Maybe, maybe never. I don't know. Yeah. But I had to just completely become okay with that. And once I became okay with that, I started to meet people in my life that are people that actually really resonate with me at that level. And, and then eventually I started my YouTube channel and stuff. And, you know, naturally people gravitate to me that are into this kind of stuff like you and other people, you know. Yeah. But once I stopped selling it and I stopped wanting people to like get it and I just started expressing myself like this is just who I am. You, and that's the way I'm on my YouTube channel. I share these ideas. Some of them are more esoteric than others. I'm just sharing what I think. And if some people don't like that, that's okay. That's not, it's not my, I don't feel more powerful if they believe me or not. I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just, I'm just sharing unattached to what people think my viewpoints with hopefully the intention of helping certain people. But the irony is, is that from doing that unapologetically and just being myself, 
now I have people like my dad, like, what's meditation about? Like, can you show me this? You know, and I have friends that are like, man, what you're doing is so cool. And I want to learn how to meditate. And like this, like I've, I've had friends tell me like, you know, like just it's, it's been very humbling and I'm very grateful because some people that I never thought would necessarily be open to this kind of information yeah. are now open to it. And even though it's, you know, four or five, six years later, it's crazy. It's cool to see because I believe there's like this mass awakening happening on the planet in like waves. It's just more and more people are waking up. And I think that, you know, the, the, this kind of content in general is going to be much more mainstream in the future. And it's kind of cool to see that wave of that because more and more people are becoming aware, more and more people are questioning their reality. They're questioning their ego. They're questioning their identity. And it's allowing the space to come in of other stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's highly important, especially right now, you know, obviously this day and age, mm -hmm. like all this stuff's bubbling to the surface. Like look at the current, current administration, the world events, all these yeah, different things. No but the great thing is, is we have like this channel and I think we were talking about this earlier where we all have our different mm -hmm. voice, right? And we have to use our unique voice to speak in 100%. the language that we can speak in that people can resonate with because it's beautiful that that this stuff can spread yeah. so much. It's beautiful that you have a YouTube channel with how many subscribers? Like 840 something thousand or something yeah, like you that. Know, that's a few. Yeah. <laughs> that's some beeps. But yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? It's amazing that this, the, this work or this, these ideas are being translated yeah. at, at that, at that yeah. scale. I, it's always inspired me because when I started, you know, I started making daily videos back in 2017 and, um, you know, it started, you started growing, but then it's like, it's like as the spiritual awakening on the planet continues to grow, it's like, it's proof to me in a way that this information, and now when I first started, not that I was like the, you know, the only one, there were, there were other people making spiritual awakening content on YouTube and there've been people that probably been doing it, you know, way longer, but you know, for a long period of time, but it's like, there's more and more, even the younger generation making YouTube videos on it. You know, it's like, it's, it's really cool to see because yeah. it, it really is starting to happen at a mass level, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And to that, you know, I, I'd love to hear what you, you know, so when you do your videos, you channel, mm -hmm. which a, how do you, well, let's, let's explain channeling first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then secondly, like how, how have you done the work to be able to open up and let it, let that flow? So for, for me, channeling, the most important thing with channeling is the ego getting out of the way. Now, let me specify as well that when we talk about channeling, channeling sounds like this really woo-woo concept to probably many people. And it's like, whoa, what is channeling? Like, I'm going to like, you know, allow some, I'm going to say, my name is Ashtar or something, like, some <laughs> weird thing like that, you know? Abraham Ch Hicks. Yeah, like, like Abraham Hicks, which I think is really cool. But yeah. the channeling that I do is more so I get into a certain flow state Mm -hmm. And I allow information to come through in a passionate way. And it's my own identity in a way, like it's not my ego necessarily, but it's my, I'm using reference experiences from my own life, but it's, um, it's something that everybody does, whether they're aware of it or not. Everybody gets into their flow state. And when they're in that flow state, they are in a way connected to what is called your higher self. Our higher self, we all have a higher self. And that higher self is is in a way broadcasting us a signal. And when you get into a channeling state, it's like you're just very connected to it. And normally this channeling state that everyone has is something that you're really passionate about, something that really fires you up. As Abraham Hicks would say, taps you and turns you on, you know, tapped in and turned on or whatever. <laughs> 
But what I do is the most one of the most important things I think for me in my career and just even on YouTube is that my intention is always to add value. So I'm passionate about what I talk about, but I I don't just think about me. I think about being able to help other people on the other end of that camera. And when I have that intention, it's almost like there's more energy that comes flowing through. I, I was at a Tony Robbins conference recently, his date with Destiny thing back in um, December. And he, he said something that resonated with me. He's like, you know, when you when you go outside of yourself, when you have like, uh, for example, if you're doing something for yourself, there's a certain amount of energy that's there for you. If you then you hear stories of people that have a kid and then all of a sudden they start getting in shape, they start like getting their finances on point, they start taking their business to the next level, they start really grinding, whatever it is. Because then it's not just about them, it's about them and their kid or their wife or whatever it is or husband or whatever. And then what happens is if you go beyond that, you can then go, what about your community? What about humanity? What about your city? That's when there's even more potential. And I think in a way, the universe, whatever we call it, source, God, the universe, it wants to flow through all of us because all of us are divine beings, having temporary human experiences where we're dreaming we are these little ego structures. But in actuality, we're so much more than that. And when we start to tap into that adding value to other people, it's like that antenna just, it's like it's just a stronger flow. So because I've had that intention, and it didn't start out that way. When I started making videos, I just I had this intuitive feeling that if I made videos every single day for a year, that my life would transform. I just had this feeling. I was walking. I was living at my dad's house. I was walking. You know, I was like working at that job, moved in with him because I recently broke up with one of my ex-girlfriends. We moved out of the house and I was in transition. And I was like, man, I was like, I'm not where I want to be. I always thought for some reason, you know, I sold that, I sold woman's shoes at like a luxury shop. I had this like vision of like meeting Tony Robbins or something and him seeing me and be like, Aaron, you have potential. Come with me. And then I just like traveled the world and spoke with him. <laughs> that was like my vision. Like, I was like, oh, I'm going to manifest that. I'm going to manifest that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a manifest. And Manifesters. When I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I actually had an experience where I met Jack Canfield, which is cool. It was just kind of a synchronous experience. But, and, uh, and that was really cool in of itself. That was a whole story with that as well. But then what ended up happening is I um, just realized, like, I want to, if I make it, I just had this feeling, this knowing if I make a video every single day for a year, my life will change. So I, I said, no matter what, I'm working this nine to five job selling women's shoes 40 hours a week. Every single day I will make a video no matter what. And within two or three weeks, I had one of my videos go viral. It was on reprogramming the subconscious mind. And it was like a real, cr- I look at it now, it's super cringy, super cringy for me to watch. And even, you know, but the the video resonated with people and that, that started a big spurt. I went from like, you know, a thousand subscribers to like 20,000 in one month. And then from there, it just grew by about 20,000 a month since then or some more or less depending on the month or the videos. But but that was that's what started it was that decision to go daily on YouTube and to also go outside of myself and to add value with the information I share. The, the unique selling, pro- like the thing that I think I focused on is like, okay, we understand all these theories with law of attraction. And that's kind of what I got known for in the beginning was making like LOA because I, I worked a sales commission job. So every single day I went in, I started at zero and I get paid a commission of what I sold. So every single day I would go in, I would practice the law of attraction to see what was my goal for the day? What was my intention for the day? What kind of energy state was I in? Was I playful? Was I having fun? Was I serious? Was I thinking about adding value to the customer? Or was I thinking about myself? I had a playground for like two or th- I, for years where I would practice that. 
So mm. then I made my, a lot of my videos were on that, were on that experience of what I learned and showing other people how they can create their, you know, what they want with their the right energy. And that was what I was passionate about. And I thought, well, how can I make this practical, practicality? How can I make them show them what to do? Not what, you know, you, you watch The Secret and it's like, okay, think about these thoughts and all this stuff and that's cool. But I was like, what do you actually do? Like, what is the thought process? Well, how do you visualize? Whatever. And then that's kind of was the angle of me making my videos in the beginning. And even to this day, like I try to, I try to, I want to bridge two worlds is the intention with what I do. It's bridging the esoteric concepts that most people would never be open to with people that normally would not be open to it. And also sharing content that helps people in general to where people go, hey, Aaron had these like, was sharing these ideas and it really helped me. And then them saying, well, this is really esoteric stuff he's talking about over here. But I think I'm going to listen to it because this other stuff made a lot of sense. Like I'm not like some guy with like, you know, dreads and like saying, hey man, just like, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think the thing that I want to do is I want to bridge two worlds and make people that normally maybe wouldn't be open to certain type of information, open to it. Yeah. Because they see that I'm a regular guy. I'm just a regular guy that like, you not, not many people may would maybe look at me and go, oh, that dude's like, deep into spirituality and meditates and has crystals all around his house and like, you know, where's a robe in the... <laughs> where's a Harry Potter robe? <laughs> where's a Harry Potter robe around his house? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, you do have... Yeah, it's like, oh, you have videos like, you know, changing the, the power of changing subconscious thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have videos on star seeds and yeah way more woo woo <laughs> way more woo woo but i think it's a great it is a great like kind of balance between the two because mm-hmm. it does this this side kind of gives an entry point to this side right yeah and i think yeah once they they're like oh well that made sense it's like well everything you know and this helped not only did it make sense but i really got value out of it the thing that i think really helps with creativity in general is you're doing it because you want to and it's coming from your soul. But at the same time, does it like I think of adding value? Mm-hmm. And when that intention is there, not that I'm like some holy saint that's like, oh, like I live for everybody else. But I think when you have an intention of adding value, it just allows more to come through. So with the value of the programming subconscious mind stuff, then people think, oh, well, you know, yes, this stuff's esoteric, but this stuff added value to me. So maybe this and I've had a lot of people reach out to me say, when you first started making this type of videos, I was so close. I was like, you know, I didn't understand it. And I just wanted to say thank you because for a couple months now, I've opened up to it and there's like this whole new world they're experiencing. And it's it's really cool to to see that like I, you know, that's kind of, you know, that spiritual awakening I had, you know, there was certain things that, you know, triggered it, the meditation, stuff like that. But at a certain point, you just have to really be kind of really become open minded to certain things to then move beyond the comfortable belief system. And it's uh, I'm very grateful to somehow create content that triggers that seed in people where then they come and they're like, wow, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's that is what also fuels me. That's my why of why I create content, yeah, you know? Absolutely. So when you're do when you do you have any specific kind of ritual meditation, grounding, whatever it is that takes you from they, when you're when you begin creating or gives you into that creative flow that keeps you that pulls you out of the ego construct of me mm-hmm. and and into the open channel of let's you know I, I'm here my intention is to add value for me the the process that I use just in general is I do take time one thing that I do for creativity that works very powerful is I walk barefoot on grass oh barefoot on grass like the the house that that we're at right now one of the main things that I had to have in a house that I got 
was grass in the backyard, which in I'm mean, in Vegas. It's very rare here. There's a lot of houses you'll go to that'll be rocks, <laughs> not grass. So it was important for me to have like real grass in my backyard. And that to me is a way that I ground myself. Nature is an amazing place to go to get ideas and to allow that connection to happen. So nature is like, has been profound. And if I, nature, and the thing I was telling you as well is, you know, I've made daily videos for three years in a row. And recently I've took back and I now do videos six days a week instead of seven. Not a huge difference. I mean, that's that's I'm still sure. a lot. That's but, still a lot. But I will say the one <laughs> extra day for me to focus on myself has opened up a lot of room. And eventually I may go down to like four times a week or less, which I know to still some people that's like, that's still a lot. But for me in my own world, it's like my daily videos have been a part of who I am. So like, it's just, it's like people ask me a lot, like, how do you put out so much content? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, it's just, it's, it's a part of my identity. Like it's just who I am. But what I'm realizing now is I'm moving into doing live events and stuff. So I need to move some of my currency, my energy from this mode to this mode. And I got to make that transition. So I'm, I'm learning to do that. But the, the thing that's really helped is that creative time in nature has been huge. And something I do as well that might help some of the people listening is for, for creating content every night before I go to bed, I write down the topic that I'm going to talk about mm. in the next video. Every morning I wake up, the first thing I do is the creative work. So right when I wake up in the morning, I get up, I go, I do that cold plunge that you saw upstairs on my, on my balcony. I get in that cold plunge, I get out, I take a quick cold shower, just rinse off whatever, and then I change and I go downstairs, my camera's set up, the video topic is picked from the night before, before I go to bed, I write down the video topic, and as I go to sleep at night, I just know that I'm going to download all the subconscious information that I need for that video. Uh. And then I get into the flow state and whatever's kind of there in my subconscious, because I've read thousands of books and, you know, you don't have to read thousands of books, but I'm super passionate about it. So it's, it wasn't, you know, just over like, not that I read a thousand books this year. I've done it over like seven or eight years of studying this, you know, that just allows it all to click into place. So I get up, I do my passionate work right when I wake up in the morning. And um, it's one of the first things I do, 20 minute videos normally. I'll probably be changing that up now a little bit and doing it a little different style, but you know, I just kind of allow it to flow through. And then after that, I do some of my other creative work and I get, then I do some of the business managerial stuff, you know, and uh, that's kind of how my day goes. But I, I, it gets programmed from the night before yeah, via the subconscious mind, via intention. And I come up with the topics kind of like, what am I, you know, what am I currently going through? What are stories that I have? And I'm working on that now more than ever because I used to tell myself a story that I'm not great at telling stories. Right. You know, I used to tell myself that. And I used to, I used to also tell myself, you know, you were asking me earlier about writing a book. And uh, I used to tell myself a story that I'm not, I'm a, I'm a speaker. I'm a video person. I'm not a writer, you know, and as a story I told myself, but now I'm realizing that, you know, recently I've been, I, I write out emails to my email list like six times a week. And I'm like, how come I write, I, I write like every day to my, to like hundred thousand people. Like why, like that, it, I could, I can be a writer. I just got to think of myself as a writer, but I'm learning to like, kind of express that creativity in different ways rather than just, you know, the couple ways of the video that I've been doing. I'm now starting to split that energy into other things. Yeah. And um, I'm allowing room for that. But thing that's been really instrumental in that is um, kind of like I look for topics kind of that are in my own life, stories that I'm going through, and then I find ways of crafting the keywords that I know. So part of it is knowing a little bit of marketing and then 
the concepts and the, the the stories that you know come through. I write them down and I'll have just a couple bullet points for the video for the next morning. Go to bed, wake up, do it, and then it's done. And then that's done for the day. And then if I need some clear time or some space, go walk on grass. Take that one day <laughs> off a week, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of the flow. Absolutely. When do you meditate? Every morning, right when I wake up, for fifteen minutes. Okay. It's the first thing I do. I literally roll out of bed. And I have like a... Um, so before the cold plunge. Yes. So yeah, before the cold plunge. I don't know how that would work the other way. Yeah, may, it, I could probably... Yeah, before the cold plunge. And then that helps, I think, too. Because when you get that cold... That cold plunge is 37 degrees. It's not like... Yeah, it's it's cold. It's a shock. So then when you're observing your thoughts and then you go into there, it's like, okay, now I'm observing. Now you got a real... That's the real meditation. <laughs> exactly. And then at nighttime, right before I go to bed. So every day, the first 15 minutes of my day and the last 15 minutes of my day, I meditate. And I've done that every single day for the last... For, I, I attribute a lot of uh, success just in general in my own life to whatever I do daily. Yeah. So yeah, for I me, me... I meditate every day, at least every morning. Nice. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't you even. You feel like, like it's made a big difference in your life? A huge difference, cool. especially because like a lot of times I'll wake up with just like so much trash thought, and I'll like be in. Sometimes I'll be in a darker mood, mm -hmm. and like a lot of the, the monkey chatter starts coming in. Yeah, and then I'll meditate. I I do Vedic meditation. So what mantra, is it? Vedic, which is like Vedic. TM. So it's okay. like a mantra based meditation, mm -hmm. and it it is meant to like take out the mind trash essentially. Oh wow! And so like I do that every morning, and then with a little bit of gratitude practice, and and kind of, and I can feel my sh my state shift. Yeah, and then I get off into my day. That's cool. Yeah. What kind yeah. of what's the meditation that you do? I do the same meditation I've been doing for a long time now. I have a candle. It's a candle flame. It's normally about eye level to wherever I'm sitting. I sit cross legged on this like pillow thing, and I have a candle, and the flame is like eye level, and I stare at the candle flame. And one thing I realized is that when I because this came back when I used to have ADHD, they I was in a Bikram yoga class. And one thing the instructor said was, eyes that wander is a mind that wanders. So keep your eyes on yourself in the mirror. And that always kind of stuck with me. So I realized that having like ADHD, I was always kind of like, what's the next thing? Looking around, my eyes were always changing focus. And the more my eyes would change focus, the more that my mind would wander. So I said, okay. So I, I, and I also read about it online, like staring at a candle flame is powerful. So I was like, okay, maybe this will be the thing. So I stared at the candle flame. And then I observe my thoughts rather than try to control them. It's almost like you're at a park and like someone's walking by and you just watch it. You're not judging them. Thoughts come up, that's fine, but you're just watching them walk by and then they leave. And it's like, that's kind of how I treat my thoughts. It's like I'm at a park and it's just walking by and then they leave and they walk by and they leave. I don't chase them, but if I do, it's okay. And I observe that, you know, but it's um, just that observation and, and staring at the candle flame. And sometimes I'll close my eyes for a little bit, you know, but it's super simple, but it's, it's been, it's made a huge difference. And you do that morning and night. Morning and night. Oh, and interesting. Then, yeah. I normally don't, I, I've been, you know, I think that it'd probably benefit me to meditate once in the middle of the day as well, just for like 10, 15 minutes, but I don't, I haven't done it yet. I've, I'm so busy during my day normally yeah. that I just don't ever yeah, yeah. get to it. Do you travel much? Now I, I, I'll be traveling more, but I did for three months. I was in Tulum, Mexico for a month. I was in Costa Rica for a month, that place that we were talking about. And then that um, place, that place. <laughs> <laughs> the, the plant medicine stuff. <laughs> and then uh, after that, went to um, Florida where I went to that date with Destiny thing and then came back here. And I've been here back here for a month now. So I did a lot of traveling and then I'm getting ready to go travel more. I don't know where I'm going yet, but I just I'm going to start traveling more. I just I know I am. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I, you know, have an Internet business. It's like 
I, I hear I'm trying to build a team right now for the next stuff that I do. So I'm like trying to stay planted for a little bit until I get that team set up and I get all the systems in place. And then I, I want to travel and I want to do events. And so it's, yeah. yeah. Now the, the meditations that you create for, because you have a bunch of them that you create for people. Mm-hmm. What do you, now, do you do you ever do any of those yourself or do you, do you mostly, how does that work? You know, that's a funny thing. I don't do like the meditations that I've made on YouTube are intended to help other people. But for myself, I normally just do the observing the thoughts meditation. Mm. And I've done some of those med- my own meditations before. But for some reason, I don't know. Is it just because I've made them? I don't know. Like I, I should do that. I probably should do them, you know? But yeah, no. When I, I just, do them, when I do them, it's when I create them, you know, there's music on, you know, there's music that gets put with it. But I literally go into this space where it just kind of flows, you know? Yeah. No, that's great. And it's it just like I, I don't have a script. You know, I know like people that do hypnosis and stuff, they have like a certain script. I have none of that. I just not that it makes me special or anything, but it's like it's like a channeled thing. It's like I get into a flow state and then the metaphors come to me. Yeah. Like, oh, you're walking downstairs and next step and then this and then this and then you're at this place and you're, you know, it's like it just kind of comes to me while I'm doing that. And I guess that's part of the creative flow. Yeah. But for some reason, maybe it's because my it's my own voice or I know what to expect. I just don't, yeah, I just, I because I really, I guess, also just so used to the kind of way I meditate and just kind of gets me into that mode of like, you know, stillness. And I, I, I focus more on stillness because my energy is so, I have so much energy. I think the balance for me is needing that stillness. Whereas I think a lot of people that like my meditations on YouTube, they want in a way to absorb the high energy that I have, yeah, which they may feel through the meditations. Yeah. So it's kind of like, what do you, like I need like almost the more balancing energy. Absolutely. So I don't really listen to them as much. But. Yeah, it's funny. I haven't even. I I just the first for the first time printed my own photographs and hung them at my house. Wow! I've, and I've been a photographer for so, like, okay, so it works like 15, the same 20 way. years. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. I was just like, oh, like it's. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like when I create stuff, it's great and people love it, and then yeah. I'm on to the next thing myself, yep. and then it's and then just you're like, like oh, this artist. is for other people. Yeah. Right. You're like, oh, this is you know, I I, I took these photos. Like this is for this person. Like, you know. Sometimes we don't see what we do as for ourselves. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true. So funny. Yeah. How do you feel? Well, a little bit jump, jump a little bit subject here, but synchronicity and and how Mm -hmm. have you seen that open up in your life? I'd say that the more, the more in alignment I've gotten, the more that that synchronicity has come into place. So it's like, when I'm in, like I get both on both sides of the spectrum, actually negative synchronicity and positive synchronicity. Mm. If I'm in a positive state and now I think, I think now more so than ever too, because I think the vibration on the planet is speeding up, which I know is like a very esoteric thing to say, but I feel like the perception of time is going by faster and faster as our vibration increases. That's why like to me, days feel like hours no joke like what used to uh, yes it, it literally feels like hours to me like i don't know if i'm in the routine like i'm doing different things sometimes and stuff but i mean literally every day it's like oh it's like i'm gonna get right i'm gonna be going to bed here you know like it'll, and what will feel it might be like six hours but it'll feel like 20 minutes you know so because of that there's a different feeling just with alignment in general but on the other side of that if i'm out of alignment i'll see negative synchronicity happen very quickly that kind of shows me, hey, get back in alignment. And normally that's my thoughts are wandering. You know, there's like, I'm very cautious now of my energy and what I focus on. 
Like, um, you know, I fascinated sometimes by watching UFC, but if I watch too much of it, I feel like I start to get resistance in my energy. And I feel like, cause it's a combative thing, you know, it's, it's like, I think it's so, you know, I never used to be like before I was, when I was in, first getting into spirituality, I'm like, no, I'm never going to watch UFC. But there's something about the, the straight, like seeing people overcome their own obstacles and their own limiting beliefs. And I don't know, there's something that's so intriguing to me. So sometimes I watch it, you know, but if I watch it too much, it, it will have a negative effect on my energy. So I have to balance these things out. So once a month, you know, I'll watch like a UFC thing, certain people's like vlogs on YouTube even might be entertaining to watch. But if I watch them too much, I find that that might have a negative effect on my energy and the negative synchronicity happens. So I'm just, I've been very mindful of my energy lately and kind of where I put that. But yeah, I think synchronicity, I think synchronicity is a natural byproduct for the way reality works. That's just how it works. But the more aware of it we become, that's what we call synchronicity. If we're unaware of it, it's just chaotic events. But there really is just synchronicity. There's really just an alignment there. It's just that we're not always consciously aware of what we're thinking, feeling, and acting and being. You know, but once you become aware of it, then it's it's synchronicity. If it's negative synchronicity, then we're aware of that negative synchronicity. We're aware that there's these negative patterns happening. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and the, it is the thing to be uh, become aware of it, especially if it's a negative synchronicity. To be like, oh, where am I? What, what's right? Where am I out of alignment here? Mm-hmm. What am I thinking? Yep. But how would you I, how would you describe alignment? It's a congruence mm-hmm. of being connected to who you really are. And like your higher self, so in a way, kind of um, this divine part, it's, it's an emotional thing that you feel. And when you're in it of what would, you know, people like Abraham Hicks might call alignment. It's like the, what does she call it? The vortex or something. But when you're in the vortex, when you're in this feeling, it's what really gets you tapped in and turned on, feeling like passionate. And alignment is when you're in that passion and you're, you're focusing on that. And the way that Abram Hicks talks about it is like, think a better thought, think a better thought, think a better thought and move up that vibrational scale. But alignment, alignment really is a absence of resistance. Yes. So it's just an absence of resistance. I think it's who we really are. We're naturally meant to be in alignment, but we have all these beliefs and these limitations and these stories and these thoughts and then that causes the non-alignment. Yeah. So alignment's just a lack of that resistance. Right. Yeah. I was just listening to Byron Katie's The Work. The Work. And yeah. it's like you can question the her whole thing is you question yeah. every thought to find to like release the resistance out of it. Exactly. What would I believe? You know, like is it true? Yeah. Can I absolutely be certain it is true? Yeah. You know? Who would I be without this? You know, it's like it's a powerful, it's so simple. You know, but yeah. it's so powerful. It's so simple, yet like all of our life revolves around the resistance to a thought. Oh yeah, and that resistance and that to identity a thought, with the thought. Uh, yeah, yeah, and how much you believe it. Yeah, yeah, no, no kidding. It's wild, but it's interesting how things unfold, right? Like when when you are in a positive uh-huh. space of synchronicity, and oh yeah, I you know I see it too. It's like when you run into people, oh like yeah, just on the street, yeah, and that you haven't seen in a while, or how yeah. things unfold, or. Yeah, lately, every time I get a text, almost every time I get a text, I know who texted me. Even if it's not like, oh, I texted this person an hour ago. This is the only person that would text me back. Like, I'm like, oh, that's my sister. Yeah. That's this person. That's the, I, it's just It's an intuition. I think everybody has that ability. Like, But as time goes on, I just become more in alignment with it. And it's like, I'm normally, it's normally correct. 
it's like, oh, and sometimes I'm like, why this? It'll be even be out of the box, out of the box. Like, yeah. Who is that? I'm like, why would this person? And then I go check, and it's on my phone. You know, when I hear the text message, not like, oh, like I didn't. You know, if I hear ding, I hear my text go off, and I'm like, oh, I just kind of know beforehand. It's it's a weird thing, but I think that the more in alignment we become, in a way, like the la- the least resistance there is there, it's the more tapped in we are to just energy in general. And then these little synchronicities come up, but it's like, oh, I kind of—it's an intuitional thing, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how I mean we ended up sitting here because Pate Lau, who I was telling you about, mm-hmm. showed me your stuff like a year and a half ago. Yeah, and then you know now we've just circled spheres with Drew. Yep, and Drew Canoli, and it's just like it's interesting how things unfold and things, for sure, and especially just like the orbit and it's you know, I guess where you're going in your journey. Right. And the more you come aligned with, with that energy for and sure, things just keep unfolding. Yes. And the more you can fall into that, the more you can let go and surrender yep. into that. Yeah. And more momentum it, you build. Yeah. More, even more things happen. Yep. And, and then the, as you go, there'd be like little bumps sometimes, but the more experience you have, the more sometimes you remember, Oh yeah, I got to let go. You know, anytime I go to, I do plant medicine, the major, major lesson for me <laughs> is, bro, let go. <laughs> Dude, you got to let go, bro. Yeah. It's always the big thing. And then I realized, and I have these epiphanies, I'm like, in my business, I try to control everything. I'm trying to control like a lot of different aspects of my life, like, you know, how things happen, the outcome, the way people act and like what people think of me. And I'm like, what the hell am I trying to control everything for? But it's this patterned response. And I think because I had so much control over my own life from my ex-stepmom, I try to now control different aspects of my life. And even though, you know, I don't have someone controlling me anymore, now I become the one that's trying to control. Not that I'm, I don't treat people that way at all. And I never would. But it's like I, I'm treating myself that way. Yeah. You know, I'm like really hard on myself. I have very strong discipline, very strong willpower. And that's why I've been doing daily videos for three years in a row. And I realize, you know, sometimes we become blind to our own resistance blind to the own things because we're so used to it. Oh, this is who I am. This is my identity. I make daily videos on YouTube. Everyone, you know, people ask me all the time, this is who I am. I got positive reinforcement for it because my channel started to grow and that took me from working a nine to five job selling women's shoes, which I disliked, to now doing what I love full time back in 2017. And the biggest jump that I ever made, I tell people this all the time, the biggest jump you will ever make if you're a creative or you're just someone in general that's just starting to get on your path or whatever is when you don't have to any longer go to a job that you don't like and you work for yourself. That is a bigger jump than going from making, you know, $70,000 a year to a million a year. It's a bigger jump to buy your time back. And that was like, I was grateful for that. So then I associated that hard work with that. And then I kept that going, kept that going. And I'm unaware that like, I still am believing in this old outdated belief system that I got to keep the grind going. Now in general, it's not like the other side of that. I'm going to get lazy and never make content. But part of me still believes I got to make videos every single day. And so it's this, it's this outdated belief. And now I'm realizing, well, what got me here won't get me there. So this year for me, that's been a powerful thing. I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to be a YouTuber anymore. I do. I want to make videos on YouTube, but I'm known, like, I'm realizing that my message is primarily on YouTube. I want to reach people all over the world and not just on one platform. So now I'm realizing I got to change my perception of myself as a YouTuber, which means... Maybe I take some of the energy, the currency I'm putting into YouTube, and maybe I put that energy into live events, into a book, into traditional media, which I normally wasn't a big fan of because I like YouTube, you know what I mean? But it's like, I got to change my story about this kind of stuff, but kind of blind to it. But 
that's the thing I'm, you know, there's always room of unraveling these belief systems because there's always limiting beliefs there. Even Jeff Bezos, who believes, you know, who obviously has a very conducive belief system to where he's worth $150 billion, the $150 billion will be a limiting belief to him in two years when he's making $300 billion a year. Yeah. You see what I mean? So any belief is a limiting belief. Now, maybe... You know, it's, it's like, how is $100 million a year a limiting belief? It is to Jeff Bezos, maybe not to us. But we're always going to be unraveling these negative belief systems. Yeah. And now it's just, for me, it's in a different way. But those negative belief systems always are what causes resistance. And that's what causes the bumps in the road and the negative synchronicity. So when we, when we take that back, then it's like that flow happens. Then it's free flow. It's freedom. And now I'm realizing the more I enjoy my life. I noticed this too when I used to sell those women's shoes. If I went into work every day and I was focused on how can this person add value to how are you going to help me make my paycheck by me selling you shoes? I wouldn't do that well because it's a very egocentric thing. If I went in with the intention of adding value to them and just having fun with them, I'd have the most magical days. The days I would least focus on what can I get and I was focused more on what can I give, but also the times I'd focus on just having fun was the time more magic and synchronicity happened. And now what I'm realizing, I look at some of my videos on YouTube that have million views or hundreds of thousands of views, a lot of them, if I look at my energy in those videos, I'm telling stories and I'm having fun and I'm enjoying it and I'm laughing or I'm joking around. or Like those are the video because they're an emotion, right? Emotion adds value. So I think anybody that's listening to this right now, whatever creative work someone might be in, if they focus on how they can tell stories in a fun, creative, energetic way, or if that's not their niche and their niche is the other side of that, how can you do it in a way that evokes emotion? Because emotion is really what I think, and you know, I'm a very dynamic speaker and the way that I, you know, I use my hands a lot. Some people don't, you know, there's people that watch my videos like you use your hands too much. You know, you do this, you do that. You're very expressive. You know, my style doesn't resonate with everybody, but I think that it intrigues a lot of people. It's actually what pulls people in. And the videos I have that I'm the most expressive, a lot of those are the videos that I have that do the best. So it's a funny thing, but fun alignment, you know, yeah. go, go together. And it's like who you're being, right? It's the energy that you're, yes. that's coming from that inside to the outside. That's yeah. who it, it's, it's who you're being. Yep. And then that's what, that's what adds value. That's what attracts. 100%. Yeah. 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 I love that. It's, it's such a, it's, I, I find it for myself. It's something that I actually have to cultivate. Mm-hmm. And that's always like break these, these limiting belief barriers right. to get into it or yep. to like shift that from within. Yep. But isn't that, that's kind of what your, is that what your quantum shift? Yeah. What it does is, is, yeah. is somewhat about, and I mean, probably a little different, but yeah, the, the, the core program I'm making right now is that's what's called quantum shift. But basically what it is, is a shift in belief system which is also a shift in reality. Our beliefs create our reality. Right. So the most common limiting belief that people have is they believe they're not enough. <laughs> they're not worthy. And that belief is stemmed from normally childhood, from the kind of person we had to be for us to give or receive love. <laughs> and normally we model that belief from our parents. And once we become aware of it, we start to become free of it. So a lot of this quantum shift course that I'm making, it has to do with getting to the core beliefs and it's quant- it, they're meditations that reconstruct our sense of identity and sense of worthiness. 
And that's what that that's about. The thing that I always ask myself when it comes to meditations is, can there be an experience that is such a deep experience, such a powerful experience that it then changes our sense of identity, the way that we see ourselves, the way that we relate to our our reality. So that's the intention that's put into these kind of experiences. So yeah, it's a shift in identity. It's a shift in it's shift in belief system, and um, that results in a shift in reality and a completely like you know and a completely new feeling about what reality is. And it makes reality much more magical. Absolutely, and yeah. it shifts your who you're being and who you're being exactly. <laughs> yep, one hundred percent. Yeah. What do you think of? And I use air quotes here. Self love. Because I think there's so much, I mean, I think it's important, but mm-hmm. I think there's so much talk about it and you just got to love yourself and, you know, but what does that actually mean, right? What, is, what does it mean to actually love yourself? I think it means to, like, when I think of that, I think it means to unapologetically be yourself. Because mm. when you are unapologetically yourself and you accept yourself, I think love and acceptance is very often something that can be kind of intertwined. When you accept yourself, that is, I think, one modality, one way of actually loving yourself. And if you think about it, somebody that doesn't accept themselves would also probably say they don't love themselves completely. If they're not accepting a certain part of their identity of who they are, some quirk they have or whatever. But then if they learn to accept it, then they'll give themselves more permission to love themselves. And love is kind of a thing that, you know, if you look on the scale of consciousness... Have you ever seen that scale of consciousness I share in some of my videos? Yes. So there's yes. A, on the book Power Versus Force. There's something called the scale, you know, the scale of consciousness, and on it, you will see shame, fear, then eventually neutrality at 250, and it goes all the way up to a thousand, which is like enlightenment. 350 is acceptance. 400 is reasoning. 500 is love. Now. Einstein calibrated, and they did muscle testing to do this, and people can read the book Power Versus Force for more information on how this is done and everything, but Einstein calibrated at 499, right on the pinnacle of 500, which is love. And reason 499 is he would have to completely let go of his intellectual processes in order to get into that love, and he was touching it towards the end of his life. But the love is something that goes beyond reasoning, beyond the intellect, and it goes into being. So something I say a lot when I'm teaching like the one of the, you know, the focus of that whole quantum shifting is going beyond reasoning and into and going into love, which is being. Being, the, the frequency of being. Being just who you are. Kind of like uh, not labeling, not putting intellectual ideas, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that. Just being you. And I think love is a natural energy that we all have within us. It's just that once again, that may have been siphoned off or filtered off due to resistance. So it's our natural state of being. So when when you hear people like um, enlightened people say that enlightenment is not something you attain, you can't ever attain enlightenment because it's a realization. You already have it. Everyone already has it. It's just they're they're growing up believing they are these separate ego structures and they've caught on and then developed a whole bunch of these negative resistances that have kept them now in having low vibrational experiences. But if you realize that that's not who you really are and you just identify with it and you focus on being, being with it, saying yes to the present moment, a lot of that resistance goes away. And that's kind of what love is, I think. Love is that natural state of being that we all are that also is unconditional. We unconditionally, like the thing I've been, I've realized with my ex-girlfriend, for example, who I was in a relationship for about a year last year, or about the last 2018, I was in a relationship for a little, about a year. And um, towards the end of our relationship, we were traveling. We were in Tulum. We were in, um, you know, Costa Rica, and we we decided to 
uncut what do you, what do we call it? Consciously uncoupling. Consciously uncoupling. <laughs> That's a funny little word. We had a YouTube video about it, but yeah. But we decided to to go our different ways. And after that, there was such a deeper love that came because there was no expectation. And there was no it just it really transformed that because there's no conditions. Before we were trying to figure out well, how is this gonna work? We both make YouTube videos, we both travel the world, like you know, how, like, what if I want to go this way and you want to go this way? And there's all these expectations and we were trying, and then I have like this, you know, I have these big goals and ambitions and she may have not been like, that may have been like a little bit too, like, what about, you know, what she wants to do? And like, it, it brought up a lot, but the moment we let go of all of that and we just started, we, it, there was an unconditional love that came in where there were no conditions as to, we, we didn't have any expectations of each other because we decided that we were going to go in separate ways. This much deeper love came in. And it was unconditional. Yeah. And it's like, she can go date someone else. And it's like, I love her just as much. Yeah. And same for me going off and doing what I'm, you know, but it's love really is without conditions. Yeah. You know, a lot of times parents might say they love their kids, but if their kids don't act the right way, they take that love away very quickly. They cut off the support or whatever. They don't approve of it. But if you approve and accept someone in your family the way they are, that's true love. I accept my dad, even though he may have not understood my spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. I accept him for where, whatever he's learning, you know, like that's his journey. And maybe the stuff that I'm talking about, is just a little, you know, maybe it's just not the time for, Is I accept him. And because of that, I, I feel like I have a much deeper sense of love for him. Yeah. And he accepts me more now too, you know, and I think, but that came as a result of me accepting him. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants more love in their life, they have to love themselves and love others. Love themselves. Of course, you got to fill up your own cup before you can give to others. But if you want to receive love in your life, give more love. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe give that to yourself, which may mean accepting yourself. Absolutely. And being, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting how... Yeah, it's interesting. How, have you have you read uh, Dr. Shafali or heard her speak? Mm-mm. She's she's amazing. She has a, she's like conscious parenting. Okay. But kind of just talking about what you're talking about. But when you love... She talked about when you love someone, mm-hmm. like true love is letting them be. Yeah. No, you don't need marriage. You don't need monogamy even to, right. to actually truly love somebody. But we put these constructs of yeah. relationships in place because we're trying to fill the void within ourselves with that other person. Right. That's where that uh, codependency comes from. And then if you, and then there's rules. If you act a certain way, then I will accept you. You know, if you don't step on my toes and do this and that, then I will love you. And there's these rules. And guess what happens with rules? You want to break rules. That's what my ex-girlfriend and I realized. We both don't like rules. We're both rebels. Not that it means like we're, you know, we're going to cheat on each other or anything. But we, we don't like, we felt constricted in a relationship. So we realized that right now in our lives, we don't want to be in a relationship, you know. But there's a much deeper sense of love that's come from that. Yeah. And I think that, and I, it's interesting, the way society seems to be going in general, it's like there's this more unconditional love that I think is starting to, you know, whether it's like the whole open relationships and stuff like that. I find it very fascinating because those truly are without conditions, you know, not, I mean, maybe there's some boundaries and stuff. I mean, I know, I don't even know how, exactly how that works, but, but it's interesting because the time that we're moving into, it's like as we kind of go through our own levels of shedding our own conditions, it's like, these new potentials open up for new types of things to happen. And now we relate to each other in a new way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's interesting. There's this whole Venice community mm-hmm. <laughs> out in LA and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's the conscious community and it's, it's interesting to observe and to see how people interact. Is that a like, common thing out there? 
Yeah, because it's a very open thing. And it's a thing that I come from a construct of completely opposite and like (laughs) very oppressed. And uh, especially growing up in a conservative Christian home where like no sex before marriage and like, you know, and then you have to be married and then like all these constructs, right? Whereas this whole community is like, hey, you know, like everybody's (laughs) kind of dated each other or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of funny, but it's a, you know, it makes, it's kind of opened my, my mind in to a, a different way. way. Yeah. To yeah. a new way of being. That's interesting. I think that as time goes on, people are going to become much more accepting, which maybe means loving, you know? Yeah. Loving of other people. You know, when you hear someone like Aubrey Marcus talk about, you know, his lifestyle and how he moves through that, it's very fascinating. It's like a new it's a new way of going about things, you know. Maybe for some people it works. Maybe for some people it doesn't work. Maybe you got to go through that phase in your life of figuring out it don't work. You know yeah, I mean? maybe. Yeah, we got to figure out what works for you. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it just really depends, you know. But that's the journey of life, you know. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, I guess we could just we can wrap it up here. Cool, man. It was, yeah. yeah. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you, and I appreciate and I acknowledge you for all the work that you're putting out there, and, and all you. the content that you're creating that's helping the world and taking it to a deeper place. It helps me through my journey and I truly appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. I really appreciate it. It was really cool meeting you and having you come here and everything. I know, right? You're a real so, cool guy. Such, a, <laughs> such a wild, wild way of synchronicity. I was if you like, guys haven't met Nick Nick yet, he's got like the best style you've ever seen. <laughs> His style is like on the next level. <laughs> Thank I was like, you. whoa, dude. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it was completely synchronous too that I was driving through Vegas and you happened oh, to live yeah. here. Yeah, like literally, you were like, "Oh, you were going to Zion, right, or somewhere?" Uh, I was going to Park City for uh, like an event up there for oh, wow, my clients. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it just worked out well. Yeah, you know, either to, yeah, today was perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> totally. that's that synchronicity, you know. Synchronicity. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Mainly, I make videos on YouTube at this point, which is Aaron A A R O N last name Dowdy D O U G H T Y, or on Instagram, also the Expand Your Awareness 2.0 podcast on iTunes or Spotify. And those are the three main ones right now. Yeah. On Instagram, you're Aaron underscore. Oh, yeah. Aaron underscore Dowdy 44. Four plus four is eight. Abundance. Yes, it is. Eight is abundance. I'm glad you got that. (laughs) Thanks for having me on, Nick, man. I had a ton of fun and it's uh, really cool to meet you. Absolutely. Likewise. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode with Aaron Dowdy. I'm your host, Nick Onkin. And if you enjoyed today's episode, uh, you can actually go to the show notes over at neonradio.com slash EP187. And that's N-I-O-N. You can also use that link to share on social media. And I would love it if you could help out by leaving a good review over on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get up in the ratings. And um, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for listening to this podcast. And uh, I hope this brings you some some value in the world and in your life. And also don't forget to go over to neonlife.com slash quiz. Take the quick 10 question survey and we'll serve you up some free content of where you're at to help you where you're at in your creative journey. And with that, you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create your life by creating every small moment. And we'll see you next time.